2: Yo-Yo is the Alt in Our Stars podcast. That is the name of the show. My name is Chris Payne. I am a correspondent here at Billboard. I write about rock music and alternative and indies. I write about a lot of things, but uh, the most favorite thing that I do here is probably this podcast, and I had one of my favorite people to interview on the podcast this week. His name is Brendan Urie. He's the singer of Panic at the Disco, Um Band that I've written about a good amount for Billboard. Not too long ago, I wrote a 10 year anniversary oral history of their first album, A Fever You Can't Sweat Out, for the Billboard website. So, not too long ago, I talked to Brendan very extensively about way back when he was like 17 making the first Panic record when they were popping off with uh, I Write Sins, Not Tragedies, all that good stuff. So, fast forward now, they're about to put out their fifth studio album. It's called The Death of a Bachelor and uh, has a big Frank Sinatra influence in it, which uh, we talked about a lot here. Um, talked about a little, little thing they had with the B-52s, a little sample, fun, talk with them. Uh, we talked about fedoras on that Frank Sinatra tip. We talked about the Thanksgiving Day Parade. Talked about a lot of fun things. Talked about Fall Boy, of course. Let's be real here. Anyway, I hope you enjoy this one. This is Panic at the Disco, Alt in Our Stars podcast. Hey, we're here at Billboard, Alt in Our Stars podcast time with Panic at the Disco.
0: What's up? What's up, man?
2: AKA Brendan. <laughs> How's it going? Dude? It's all good. Nice to uh the last time we talked, it was way down memory lane.
0: Wait, this was uh
2: Fever You Can't Sweat Out, ten year holy crap, yeah.
0: Dude. Yeah. <laughs> I was ten years younger. <laughs> much much less experienced in uh and well versed in the in the world of music. Wow, that's wild, dude. That's so crazy.
2: Yeah, so it's album number four, right? This one's number five. Five. Yeah. Five. Yeah. Five. yeah.
0: Which doesn't seem, that doesn't sound right. <laughs> Ten mm-hmm. years doesn't feel right. That's so crazy to say. Cause like, yeah, that's number five.
2: Yeah, because it's like, maybe it's like debut is big, sophomore is big, but then you sort of establish yourself and you're a thing. And
0: after that, right. it's just like... Yeah, for most artists, that's usually how it goes. <laughs> but every album, it was like, you know, a reiteration of some new reincarnated version of the band, you know? Mm-hmm. New members, old members, whatever. It's just like so crazy. One idea, another idea, just trying to figure out a vision for each album, you know? Yeah. So
2: So the vision for this one, I'm going to try to remember this from the press release that was sent out. It was, you were going for Frank Sinatra teaching DJs how to write, and you're cracking up right now, how to write rock music. (laughs) Was that it?
0: That's exactly what it was. Dude, good memory. (laughs) Jeez, that was awesome.
2: (laughs) That That was a good press release quote. Yeah they was it's
0: like, how would you describe it? I couldn't think of any other way. It's like not all of them sound like Sinatra and Beyonce, so it was like a combination of everything. Some D J S stuff, some rock and roll Queen stuff, you know. Like a lot of those harmonies are just trying to mimic, you know, Roger Taylor and, and Freddie Mercury's high vocal harmonies. That's so funny, dude. Good job. Yeah. <laughs> I'm man. very, very impressed.
2: I mean, I think I think your management really yeah. deserve for a solid press release. Oh yeah,
0: oh yeah, dude. Crush is the best. <laughs> the fucking best. <laughs> oh god that's funny
2: so a lot of frank sinatra influence i guess on this yeah
0: yeah i know i've been pimping him out so hard dude (laughs) just like (laughs) it's like sinatra 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 what's this album like sinatra (laughs) yeah dude it's it's funny like i've always been a fan of sinatra but i didn't like get the deep appreciation till later on you know i mean growing up like my earliest memories are christmas time listening to sinatra christmas albums and uh it didn't like take on the the obsessive idolizing, you know, until I got older, and I, I could actually appreciate how he used his voice. Because when I was younger, I just thought, "Oh, that's just natural." He just whatever didn't have the appreciation that I do now, mm. and uh, so I had to use it. I just I listened to Sinatra every day, you know. Either I wake up and listen to him in the shower, or I fall asleep listening to him. It's just he's so much a part of my life that now I wanted to, for the first time, figure out how to use those influences sonically and try to present them in the way that I fell in love with that artist you know
2: yeah it seems like a lot of musicians nowadays really aren't using him as a reference point
0: yeah (laughs) it's not really a popular uh, consensus to to say sinatra which i love i think that's so cool too like you know the fact that he just disliked rock and roll so much i think that's so rock and roll. right i forgot about that (laughs) yeah was not the biggest fan of rock and roll he thought it was lazy couldn't understand what these singers are saying I just thought that was like, like that's pretty punk rock, dude. To like denounce rock and roll is kind of badass.
2: Yeah, it's like John Lennon just doesn't enunciate his syllables enough.
0: Exactly, that's it. That it was like a quote. Exactly, he said that. It's, whoa, bold, bold move. Freak. It was
2: rough for those guys because I don't know if Tony Bennett disliked because he was a contemporary. I don't know if he disliked hip or I'm saying hip hop. Yeah, yeah. If he disliked yeah. rock at all, but those right. guys. The industry was like a 360, they had to just completely reinvent themselves.
0: Right. Dude, there's those, there's, uh, if you've seen the All or Nothing at All documentary that HBO did about Sinatra, and they talk about that, and it's like kind of cringeworthy that the stuff that trying to make a name in the rock category and like, you know, the collaborations he would do with other people. um, I think the one that he really pulled off, or the only one that he pulled off, was him and Elvis singing each other's songs, which I thought was really cool. But other than that, it was just like weird. It wasn't a fit, you know? It didn't make sense. So he just had to do his own thing. He just, you know, couldn't acquiesce to whatever everybody else was doing. It's just, you know, had to do his own thing.
2: So after death, you're taking care of that for him. Yeah. (laughs) What an asshole I am. Putting on the crown. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll take it from here. Yeah.
0: The only thing I can say is like, I'm just the biggest super fan of Sinatra. So like I I just can't even help it. It's like uh there's no way Sinatra couldn't have been a part of this album. Just like Queen couldn't have been a part of this. It's just like, there's no way that couldn't have happened because I was, you know, so influenced by that. And then now I feel like hitting a stride as a producer and a writer, I feel that I can um, use those sounds to the best of my ability to to present it as like, hey, now you can hear the influences that I've talked about in the past, you know, instead of just not sounding anything like the bands that I would talk about, you know?
2: Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two year contracts, they said, What the f are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass? It's Death of a Bachelor, and and on mm-hmm. the title track, Death of a Bachelor, that's yeah. really the one where I think the influence really comes, and a little bit on the last song on the album, but sure. with with the title track, like, take me through with you getting married, that's probably connected. How does this all come together in yeah. Sinatra?
0: Yeah, so Death of a Bachelor, that came about, um, I had actually asked Lolo, who was a part of the last album she sang on Miss Jackson. She sings the sweet, sweet hook, and she... Um, it's a great lyricist in my opinion and I and i I wanted um she has a very specific way of writing. so I asked her for a set of words. I was like, hey, do you have words? you know, you need to be my Bernie Toppin please like i need I need someone to like kickstart me. So I told her what I wanted to sing about and then like a couple days later, maybe not even might have been like a day, she emailed me all these lyrics um even after I like the only thing I really gave her was like, hey, I want to talk about you know. Letting go of the past, not, you know, wanting to latch on to single life, also becoming a new kind of artist, like an end of an era. And she was like, "Okay," and then came back with and just a barrage of just a mess of lyrics. And then out of that, I just saw death of a bachelor. I thought that is so cool. It just struck a chord with me immediately. So I sat down at the piano and I wrote the song entirely like a Sinatra song like in my head when I wrote it I heard horns big band like I saw the marquee and like you know the whole like big band era type stuff I wanted you know the Nelson Riddle Orchestra like I wanted all that stuff just pure Sinatra and then the fun bit came once the song was written I put it into you know the program I work in in Logic and I and I just I had this beat that I just had for whatever reason I just do that sometimes make a beat for any purpose in the future and it just worked out. So I dropped the piano and the vocal I recorded in my house, put it in the program and it just worked out so well. It was it was like shocking how excited I got more about the song. Cause there's that, there's like a five point system where artists I think go through, at least I do, where I start off, I go, this is awesome. Then the next thing I go, I don't know if it's that great. Then the third step is just, this is awful. Fourth is I'll never write something great. I'm just a piece of shit. And then fifth <laughs> is back to, Okay, I like it again. So it does like a full like cycle, you know, and that kind of happened. You know, I was like, I don't know what to do with this, so I dropped it in the in the thing, and then the beat matched up, and it was just this cool that was like I hadn't heard that myself that way, mm. and that was that's surprising too. Yeah, like listening to yourself and then hearing yourself in a new light is so fun. It was just really really exciting.
2: Yeah, and. So Sinatra and some some surf rock vibes on yeah. this album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, it 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 made me think a little bit of a little reminiscent of with Fallout Boy with uh, the sample of the Munsters theme yeah. in yeah. Uma, Uma Thurman. Thurman. I think that the, the surf rocks make a comeback.
0: I love it. I love that it's like either being sampled or just being mimicked. Like that's the coolest thing. I mean, it's you know, there's so many novelty genres and and special, like, unique pieces of music like that. Like, surf rock. That's just very much its own thing. and mm-hmm. like doesn't need to change. Just like Big Band didn't need to change. It was just, like, always going to be the same crap, you know? Which is awesome. And, uh, yeah, dude, the Fall Boy one. When I heard that, I was like, I know this. I didn't get it right away, though. I, I didn't realize it was Monsters. So I just sat there like, I know this. And then, yeah, just finally it took me forever to figure out it Monsters, but it's the <laughs> coolest sample. Nicely done, boys.
2: <laughs> so, yeah, the track we are talking about is the one oh, with for our yeah with yeah, yeah, yeah. with yours yeah. with um Kate from the B52s yeah. that we 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 actually such... t- t- for the the people listening this conversation is prefaced by an office visit Brendan just did with Billboard playing some some new songs so we're we're repurposing yeah yeah, yeah. this so this take take me through um this little B52s conversation
0: yeah so the song is called Don't Threaten Me With a Good Time and the b52 sample it started from that right so um just like you know the the fall boy did the uma thurman the Munsters, and that was like so so cool but like before i even heard that the b52 the rock lobster song is just like so iconic to me i just love the (laughs) like any b52 song it's that that's their thing like i was saying it's just so uniquely them that is always going to be their sound and it's so fitting and it's so comfortable but like i always run back to that and it's it just reminds me instantly of like where i was when i first heard it what why i was listening to that when i was younger so it brings me back like to a nostalgic place but then i want to push it forward and see like what we can do with that so it started from the b52's rock lobster sample and then uh you know i go into the writing hoping that i don't have to discuss like publishing rights (laughs) just like how do we sign get them to sign off on this you know and so uh I just really lucked out, though. So Kate from B-52's Kate Pearson is, like, such a sweetheart because she's, she's friends of my management. So, you know, I was, like, asking them, do, do you think we're going to be okay with this? Like, if this doesn't happen, I'm going to have to write some not-as-good, you know, lick to, like, sound like Frog <laughs> Lobster, which I don't want to do because it's, like, so close to this song and, like, it just makes it. So luckily she was she heard it and um, she was like, I think it's really cool. And that was cool that she signed off on it. She was so sweet about it. So thank you, Kate. <laughs> Very cool.
2: And you asked her about, would you come and play this live with us? Yeah,
0: yeah. So, like, in my mind, I'm like, in my mind, it makes sense. I'm just like, hey, yeah. And then you'll just come up on stage when we play it live, and you'll sing the chorus with me. She's just like, yeah. And you'll give me 100% of the publishing. (laughs) I was like, ah, all right. Well, thanks for letting me use your sample. You know, I won't ask any more of you. No, she's, um, that's that's a joke. She's such a sweetheart. Like, so cool is she, you know. Let us use that sample. I love that.
2: And fifteen percent of the panic back catalog profits. Yeah, yeah. exactly.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Long term profit <laughs> for twenty years from now. Police <laughs> in your dress tingles my neck. How do I all-
2: Do you think the new album is better than Fall Out Boys?
0: Of course I do. <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dude, that's the best question you could have ever asked me. <laughs> oh, I hope Pete hears that. <laughs> of course I do. I wouldn't, like, you know what? On a serious tip, I got to be that dude. Like, I have to believe that I am doing the greatest thing. You know what I mean? It's like yeah. a rapper. It's like, you've got to believe 100% in what you're doing, or it's just fake. You know what I mean? So, of course, yeah.
2: Yeah, yeah. Word, because... The way I see things, it seems like not a lot of rock musicians think that way. Do you feel like that?
0: I do think that. I think it's a little more self-deprecating. Yeah. You know, there's a little more loathing, self-loathing. So it's just like, (laughs) I'm not worthy, I'm not good enough, you know. Yeah, I'm kind of the opposite. <laughs> just that's, the that's, of
2: it. that's awesome to hear because I feel like from the get go, the way that like Decadence and Pete and the mindset that he tried to do was yeah. like sort of like a Rockefeller kind of crew, but with right. pop punk and rock
0: bands. It's bringing hip hop mentality to rock and roll, and that, that's like I think it's been missing. It really has. I think it's been, like you said, it's just not really prevalent in the rock no. world. <laughs>
2: And he was doing it, it was not prevalent like 10 years ago when no. he was doing it, and he's still doing it, and it's still not prevalent.
0: No, exactly. Yeah, it's just like he's going to do what he's going to do. But uh, yeah, no, I, I back it. I back the mentality.
2: I don't even think rap rock bands have that mentality. No, not at all. Like Korn and Mudvayne right. and Slipknot. I don't know if they were – I was never that into new metal, but it didn't seem like they were like always trying right. to like one-up each other. Oh, shit, the new Mudvayne track. Korn's <laughs> got to rewrite their album.
0: No, it's more about just like who can be grungier, who can be covered in more blood, <laughs> who can be trashy. <laughs> it's awesome.
2: So the- – this is—is is this now that you're the the last remaining original member, right? Of Panic at the Disco, the last man standing. Is this the first album you've done, completely writing like on your own without like
0: quote bandmates? No, so I mean, you know, the third album, Vices and Virtues, that was when I started to take the reins a little bit because, you know, we had the you know a couple members leave, and so Spencer and I, the remaining members, we would just kind of talking about it like, we still wanted to do Panic, that was never a question, you know, it was never like, we should do Side Project or we could call something else, it was always, we we wanted to do Panic, Um, you know, past members wanted to leave and do something new, and that was totally cool, you know, and we understood that that wasn't anything, you know, filled with animosity or any of that, so, from the third album, like, I really wanted to step up and... Right. That was my chance to be like, oh, wow, I, I have two less people telling me like I have to compromise, you know, listen to mm-hmm. their opinions, like do this thing. So it really opened up this world where, yeah, I was writing more on my own. And I actually for for those albums like in the past and this one especially, I did have a vision. I knew what I wanted that to be. And it got even stronger, the image of it all and how I felt about it as time went on. The more songs I wrote, the ideas for tour, I did for music videos. It just became this like beast that I didn't originally come up with but it got even cooler to me at least and yeah so this time around though it, it like increases by a little bit more percent of like how okay. much more i do because the the third album i still um i wanted to learn from people like john feldman who i just had so much respect for as a songwriter and as a producer and an artist and butch walker as well and the first time like hanging out with those guys respectively it's just amazing John Feldman has the craziest work ethic. He's like working 18 hour days, sleeps for an hour, wakes back up at 4 a.m. and just like goes 100 percent. He's out of his mind. I love him to death. Um, Butch Walker is not like that. He gets to chill like we work maybe five hours a day and it was like so cool that kind of Zen mentality. So it's very, very opposite sides. But learning a work ethic from both of them was so important. So like every album has been a progression in terms of producing, songwriting, mentality, work ethic. And um, yeah, it's been very, very important. But this time around, it's yeah, this is like all me. This album feels so much mine. It's great. Mm. Yeah. Cool. And I
2: want to talk about Vine too. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, in this barrage of is Fopboy Boy better and Vine? <laughs> but you're you're really good at Vine. <laughs> Thanks,
0: dude. <laughs> I haven't been on there in a while, but oh, you have. All right. I haven't, but you it's know sabbatical. what? It's okay. I still, I mean, I save them. You know, I still have a profile and. All, of the, all the videos that I've heard that people like or at least I assume they like mm-hmm. are still on there so you can go check those out but yeah that's you know where that started from it started like I listened to the 10 minute podcast Will Sasso and Chris and Brian Callen and I heard them talk about it once and so I you know just went to I was like I don't even know what Vine is this is so weird just six second what is this I don't get it and then I watched Will Sasso and he used to do these lemon vines where he would just like be ridiculous and he's so funny so charismatic that I wanted to I tried to copy what they were doing what Christalia and Will Sasso were doing on Vine because I just wanted to I wanted to like be a comedian through this app I didn't want to do like music stuff I wanted to think outside the box but I ended up being like coming to terms with my The reality of being like, well, dude, you're a musician. You're not that funny. Like you need to, you need to stick to what you know, (laughs) like just do music. So it became, yeah, like musical comedy. So I was able to like use music as a, as a catalyst for whatever idea it was, you know, that was all during when I was writing the last album, Tour to Live, Right. which that was a lot of fun. So anytime I was home, you know, and I wanted to take a break from an idea, I would make a vine. Right,
2: so it sounds like you're taking a little break maybe. Are you more into Snapchat now? Or what is what is the update you can give fans with Brendan on, on video-based social
0: media apps? I'll say this about Vine. I, I'm not done with it, really. I just, it got, like, first off, ha- like, most of it's terrible. Vine is, <laughs> like, most of Vine is awful. <laughs> most of the people that are big on Vine are god-awful. And so I was just, like, fed up with that, first off. And I won't name names. Maybe I should name names. No, 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 I'm not no. no, no but, um, I want to
2: get some more v, v, like, but, like, listens on this podcast. You yeah, can name names buddy. if you want yeah, to. Yeah, buddy.
0: No, no, no. But, but honestly, like, there was just so much crap. And, like, I got fed up. And that was discouraging. So it made me want to do better stuff. But then then it became like, now I have to think even more. And it was taking time away from things I actually needed to do for my job. <laughs> so was <laughs> like, I can't just do Vine all the time, bro. It's like I have a real gig I have to, you know, commit to. So then it just got, you know, too busy for me to do, which sounds like a bullshit excuse, which kind of is. It's like, I could definitely do it. Um, so, yeah, I might go back to it. But right now what I do, what's easier for me that I don't have to, like, think of a joke or a punchline, you know, for, to fit into six seconds uh-huh. um, or think of some musical th- funny thing to do is I do Periscope. And Periscope is just live stream, which is fun, man. Like, it's, it's just an even cooler way for me to interact with fans because it just has a chat. Like, I don't need to see anybody else, like Skype or something. It's not two-way video. But there's a chat and I could do Q&A's in there. They request songs. I play them on piano. Like, it's just – it's opened up, a, like, a new thing for me to just have fun. But, like, even cooler, a way to interact with fans, which I yeah. love to do. I love figuring out new ways to do that because, like, they're inventing new stuff to to interact with everybody in the world. And that's the coolest shit. Like, that's insane, dude. Ten years ago, I wouldn't have even thought of half of this stuff. Vine was possible. Periscope was possible. Like, why, why would that have needed to be a thing, you know? But now it's just a cooler way to to bring everyone, like, put them on the same page and be like, yeah, we're not so different. We all like six-second jokes. We mm-hmm. all like watching each other make breakfast on Periscope or, like, whatever. So, yeah, it's just, like, a real humanizing form of media. It's really cool.
2: Yeah, it makes you think, like, what kind of media app like that is missing like where is the void like oh we need something that does this yeah
0: see that's what i'm saying is like i would never be the i'm not the idea guy to be like all right i've got this thing it's called vine and i don't know why i sound like this but that's my idea guy voice <laughs>
2: the boardroom i've guy. got this thing
0: all right let's get to work crunch time you know so is this yeah that's uh i'll leave that to the to the nerds
2: <laughs> and I, I i think most of them are probably just like 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 College students who are really smart but right. like too cool to care about class, who are just sitting in dorm rooms smoking weed who would think these things up that's right. who I think this is to- I
0: totally agree with that I agree with that that's like where the, the good stuff happens it's like your best ideas happen in the shower when you're not trying mm-hmm. to think of something amazing, but it just pops in there and you go that was brilliant <laughs> it's like well, maybe why you sound better in the shower when you 're singing you know it 's like who knows <laughs> something magical about those times you just not you turn your brain off ah, it's yeah It's awesome. <laughs> I'm not sure
2: So we're talking we should tell the people listening. We are talking right now in mid November. They're going to hear this early January before the album comes out. Awesome. So because there's this time lapse. Yeah. They're going to be like listening to the past missing like a big segment of time. Yeah. We should make like a prediction. Okay. What do you think is going to When this airs? Yeah, what okay. is what is what is going on between now and this January when
0: the new panic album drops? okay? well, let's see. holidays are coming up. We played thanksgiving Macy's Thanksgiving Parade, which is coming up, which i'm I can't believe we're doing that. that's crazy, so we've just did that. My prediction is that we'll be singing lip syncing to a track
2: (laughs) during that performance (laughs) what what float what float are you behind
0: uh we're doing we're actually on the um ninja turtles float you're on
2: the ninja you know that
0: that's what they told us now that could mean a couple different things that could mean we're actually on the float or that could mean yeah we're right behind it hidden behind the the big like turtle sign or something (laughs) which i'm good either way just to be there would be crazy you know
2: and what would happen on a thanksgivings day parade who do you meet? What do you, do you rehearse? What what
0: goes on? They told us that we do rehearse, which is funny because I don't know how much rehearsal goes into it. Like standing on a float and like acting like you're playing—that just seems bizarre. But yeah, we rehearse when we go into playing. I I really don't even know like who we meet, what goes into it. I'm actually really curious, a little bit anxious and nervous <laughs> to see like. If we need to meet some big wigs, I don't mm-hmm. even know. It's it's kind of uh, it's intimidating, dude. This is like what the 60th year they're doing this or something. Like for Macy's, it's intimidating, dude. It's a staple. It's a you know national staple. It's pretty amazing.
2: My Thanksgiving Day Parade musical memory is the year they brought Rick Astley out. And he Rickrolled everybody. Do you remember <gasps> that?
0: I don't. That's incredible.
2: Because <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every year it's just like, oh, the new Broadway show, and here they are on a float. Um, I'm trying to think of musicians Maybe Fall Out Boy did it Fall Out Boy did it, right, I do remember did.
0: that Fall Out Boy did do it And that's why I was like, yeah, yeah Can we get of that too, please? You know, can we, you know, can uh, poor man's Fall Out Boy get in there too? No.
1: <laughs> there, Shoot myself there, in the foot right there's there There's the pull quote there, There's the rock and roll
0: self-deprecation right there I, I talk the game of the hip-hop <laughs> mentality And then I fucking walk the rock and roll bullshit <laughs> That is the pull quote, god damn it <laughs> Oh, man.
2: So Thanksgiving, Thanksgiving, big success.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Let's see. Christmas. What are you getting for, holiday, for the holidays? I don't know what I'm doing for holiday. Holiday, holiday. Uh, you know that's family time. I got to go back see the fam. Um, Nevada. Yeah, good old Las Vegas. Yeah. So uh, now that I'm married, I split my time. Right. So we go uh, we go Detroit and then Vegas. So but we switch off. You know. Okay. So I think this year we're doing. Um, Actually, I can't remember. I think we're doing Thanksgiving in Detroit, I hope. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. We're doing Thanksgiving in Detroit and then Christmas uh, with my family in Vegas. So. Split
2: the difference and go to, like, Kansas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Meet halfway. Just, no,
0: yeah. Would you guys mind meeting us in Nebraska? <laughs> <laughs> sure. Yeah. What a good idea.
2: <laughs> cool. Well, um, just about everything I had at my end, uh, I think we touched on a lot of neat things.
0: We did. <laughs> That was a great conversation, oh, buddy.
2: I wanted to ask you <laughs> yeah. about Frank Sinatra. Oh right. You're really into him, but you don't you don't really seem like you dress like Frank Sinatra. No, no. Would no, no, you no, no, ever no. do that?
0: So <clears throat> what I what I learned about Frank, or what I've heard and read, is that he would shower at least twice a day. Okay. And change his outfit at least three times a day. Which I love both those ideas. But the you know, to wear a a suit all the time, that's a commitment. And I'm very <laughs> lazy and uh like i don't know i I get so lazy like the suit i wear it on stage like it's important to me to when i'm performing like a a live show is a special occasion to me so i love to dress up and that's like my moment where i can Mm. do that but uh who knows as time goes on if i'll slowly make myself become sinatra (laughs) even more with age which i'm totally into hi back that'd be great
2: (laughs) Would you rock a fedora? He wore fedoras, right? He wore
0: fedoras, yeah. Yeah. What's funny, dude, I have a massive hat collection, which includes many, many fedoras that I haven't really worn (laughs) because of the stigma of fedoras nowadays. (laughs) I buy them thinking, you know what? I'm going to turn the stigma around, dude. I'm going to make people accept fedoras. But the way I'm dressed now, if I wore a fedora... I'd be in that camp that, like, gave it a bad name. So there's no way I'm go- – I'm, like, <laughs> I talk the game, dude.
2: The way you're dressed now, if you wore <laughs> – added a fedora to it, you would be, like, the kid in the mall who went to, like – like, what is it, Spencer Gifts and just put on like, all, like, the disparate items. They wore
0: the, hey, grab my boobs or stop staring at my boobs T-shirt.
2: <laughs> like, a fed- I mean, a fedora that just doesn't go with the
0: rest of what you're wearing. <laughs> Damn it, dude. Yeah, nail on the head, bro. You <laughs> he called me out. I know. Oh, God. I'm such a mall rat. <laughs> In a shitty fedora. Oh, that's funny, dude. Yeah, I can't, I can't. I'll leave that to Sinatra. I has to die with him, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, shit. Cool. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Thanks for coming by, Brennan. Dude, thanks so much for hanging. It was This fun. was a fun talk, yeah. Thanks for letting me uh, play the songs, too. That yeah, really cool. absolutely. Awesome. Well, until next time, man. That was. I hope to see you soon. Yeah, for yeah. sure. Thanks again.
2: So yeah, there you have it. That concludes another episode of the Alt and Our Stars. Uh, if you have any feedback for the show, positive, negative, whatever you got, definitely hit me up. Best thing you can do – this is like a podcast thing in general. You probably – any other podcast you listen to, they probably say something like this. But star ratings and iTunes, we love them. We're thirsty for that. So <laughs> I'm kidding. But uh, if, if you can hop on iTunes and give us a star rating, that would be fantastic. Hey, if you give us one star, I will take it. I said positive, neutral, negative feedback, whatever you have. And if it's anything specific, you can hit me up on email – Chris.pain at Billboard.com. That's C-H-R-I-S dot P-A-Y-N-E at Billboard.com. And uh, if you want to subscribe to the podcast, you can click on the iTunes link towards the bottom of the story. If you're viewing this on Billboard.com, that is. Otherwise, uh, you can just search for the Alton R stars on iTunes, on your phone or whatever. Subscribe there. Also, once you're in iTunes, once you're in there, you can listen to uh, archived episodes, um, got some, let's see, what have we had lately on the podcast? We've had uh, Bully, we've had Butch Vig, we've had The Wonder Years, lots of good stuff to dig into there. So archived episodes, subscribe, all that good stuff. New episode of The Alt in Our Stars runs every Friday afternoon on Billboards.com. So yeah, until next week, have a good weekend, everybody. Peace out.
1: Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things.